in the Tales from the East End, episode 93, and it is me, Gary P, and of course the prof. Hello. So we're going to review the court game from a couple of weeks ago and look ahead to Dirty on Saturday. We're going to learn about all our potential opponents in Europe with the help of Danny Carr and Leon Poles, and there's an interview with Tommy Cannon, the Chancer. So, uh, yes, seriously. We, we have an interview with Tommy we Cannon. We actually have Tommy Cannon on the show. So uh, i give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. It's Camille, Toy Takeaway, Profs. Uh, addiction his new addiction so uh, in Talat Village check out Camille Toy Takeaway and mention the Tales in the East End meal deal and you will get a nice little treat so uh, that's Camille Toy Takeaway in Talat Village so uh, it was a great response to our last two shows first with Joey O'Brien and then James Nolan and Dave Carpenter and uh, great detail on his injuries as well probably horrendous injury list before 25 as well that was fascinating hearing him talk about you know going to the states and the amount of things involved. The specialists that he went to and yeah, looking them looking them up himself as well because he wanted to get better. Admitting that he paid mad money at times, not not always with great end products, but yeah, it just shows you the determination the guy has. And um, one of the lads was saying that away to Finn Harps that we were training up from about the eighty eight minute. You could hear Joey showing we don't fucking concede here now. So ninety minutes. He's a 90-minute man who didn't want to concede any sloppy goals. That says it all. That yeah. just backs up my theory that he's the one driving this defence to keep clean sheets yeah, every definitely. single time. He's just in their ears constantly. I also love what he said about balls. In that, like his missus was saying, uh, sure, you played in the Premier League. Like this, You're only back here now. And he, he, just, he treats it the exact same yeah. as the Premier League game at West Ham or Bolden. It hurts him just as much if we lose, especially balls. Yeah, and he'd be in the height of it as well. There'd be no mm. talking to him after it. I was actually quite surprised that Joey's not been on other podcasts. Like, I put a search in, and I found something from West Ham in 2012. Mm. I think he might have, like, been asked to go on Greatest League in the World or LOA Weekly or something, but... Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a name, isn't he? We've, I think we've unearthed a bit of a diamond there. So, um, yeah, and then we had James and Dave, uh, two great lads, and a fantastic show. Really informative, yeah. Prof. It's what it's, it's what we wanted, really, wasn't it? We basically turned Robert Goggins' book into an audio book. Yeah. And I remember part one, we did that back in January. I remember thinking this might be a bit of a risk because there was a lot of reading involved. But uh, I think we both had a, a really good feeling about it because yeah. the content was just so damn interesting. And I think the documentary style just, just kind of worked. And uh, it was kind of needed for, for as much for us as anyone else. Because we didn't know so much of this. Yeah, and I'm telling you, this would make a cracker documentary. Mm. Netflix is going to, yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll uh, keep your number out there, Prof, because Netflix could be on to us. Part one is actually still our most listened to show of the year. But uh, Joey and part two, they're, they're hurtling up there now. They are, they're flying up the listeners. They might, they might catch up. Is James Nolan our first ever guest to bring notes with him? He, yeah, definitely. From from what I've seen, yeah, we know Mick McCarthy brought memorabilia and old programs and things like that, but mm. definitely the first person to bring notes. Quite enjoyed the, the Roddy Collins stuff. Yeah. Talking about Brooks. Brooks, yeah. Roddy was some chancer, wasn't he? Someone in the chat put up uh, a video of, you know the way we retired the number 12 jersey? Yeah. As like a, a tribute to the fans who saved the club. And I think it was the next game was against Pats. Just amazing, actually led out the teams wearing the number 12 shirt for the last time. Oh, yeah, I saw that myself recently yeah. as well. I'm surprised you didn't wear the full kit. <laughs> full kit wanker. Yeah. So we've been flooded with messages about those shows in the last couple of weeks. So we can read out a few of them here with James Cook. Said a cracking show, lads. Joey comes across a real down-to-earth type guy <laughs> dedicated to his profession. 
And Peter Fitzpatrick said, Joey was excellent, real down to earth, no nonsense type of guy. Every young Rowers player should make it their business to listen to that interview. He says it as it is, no bragging, just the truth. Yeah, excellent stuff. And um, the Talat Stadium saga special, we had Paddy, a.k.a. Alabama Rover. He said, excellent and powerful testimony by the lads regarding a hugely important chapter in our history. Fantastically valuable episode. Thanks. And then we had the Gog, Robert Goggins, listening to the gripping at East End pod last night. Three hours was a journey and a half, but had it gone on for six, I still wouldn't have been able to put the earphones down. And Tony R and Emma Weasley, they only had one word for it, and that was brilliant. So it was, a, like I said, we just, I, I don't think a lot of the new fans kind of know what the club went through and what people did to keep Rovers alive, so it was a it's job done, I think. Yeah, thanks a million for the messages. Uh, we're really proud of that episode. So. Yeah, definitely. So um, the picture became a lot clearer last weekend in terms of who we can face in the first qualifying round of the Europa League, so uh, we thought we'd give the players... To give you a little guide, so uh, we we have Leon and we have Danny. So it's Leon and Danny do Europe. Okay, so we're back at the road zone. We have Europe on our minds. We know all our potential opponents. So we have Dan Carr and Leon, the professional here, and are going to take us through them. So no English or Austrian teams in the draw, but we can still offer the expertise we have here. So uh, we're just going to get you to pronounce the names correctly, and then we'll take turns. So Leon. You can start, and I'll, if I'll, I'll give some little notes on the team, so you can just pronounce the four. Ligia Warsaw. And they're the highest ranked uh, team in the draw with a 24.5 coefficient, most successful team in Poland. Dan, you're up next. FCSB. So you got the handy one there from <laughs> Romania. Changed their name from Stoyo Bucharest, the former European Cup winners in 1986. Malmö FF. They are from Sweden, most successful club, and uh, won the title in two of the last three years, and they've reached the Champions League group stages twice before, so we could be heading back to Sweden. Managed by Uri Rossler. Danny? Modo Evko. The only Norwegian team other than Rosenborg to play in the Champions League. Solskjaer left them for Man United in December. Apollon Limassol. Reached the Europa League stage in the last two, beating Lazio and Marseille. So say where they're from as well. Hapwell um, Shaver from Israel. And they won the title three of the last four years. They beat Celtic into Milan in Beersheva three years ago. Mol Feherva from Hungary. I like that. That was, that was good. Formerly known as Videoton, they were in Chelsea's group last season, Europa League, and they drew two all at home and losing 1 0 at the bridge. Dynamo Minsk from Belarus. Twice reached the Europa League group stage 2014-2015. Aaron McInef played against them for Derry last season. They also beat Pats two years before that. Uh, Spartak Trnava from Slovakia. They won their cup last season and it was their first time qualifying for the Europa group stage. AEK Lanico from Cyprus. There's no notes for some of these now so you can just crack on. Hajduk uh, Split. Croatia. <laughs> from Denmark. Big and strong, aren't they? Big and strong. They're very big and strong. Salgiris uh, Vilnius from Lithuania. Um, oh, Aberdeen and Rangers. We'll get down to read this next part. Okay. okay. Uh, Shrinsky. No, sorry, just the. Oh. Aberdeen. 
Aberdeen won the uh, Ab oh Aberdeen won the Old Cup Winners Cup under Alex Ferguson. Rangers were founded in 2012 and they have yet to win a major trophy. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting one there for you, Leo. <laughs> Srinsky Monster from Bosnia. Very good, I like that. His mum's Bosnian. He should get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kairat Almaty from Kazakhstan, the home of Borat. FK Kukesi from Albania. Arashkar FC from Armenia. Uh, two Serbian clubs, Radnici Nis in Kucariki, Belgrade. Oh, yes. Uh, Robs have good memories from Belgrade, famously beating Partizan to qualify in 2011 Europa League group stage with a Pat Sullivan Thunderball from 30 odd yards to put us in the lead. <laughs> Kilmarnock from Scotland. <coughs> we have Jack Bourne's old club. This is their first European campaign in 18 years. Their last trophy was the 2012 League Cup under former Derby manager Kenny Shields. Two clubs from Belarus, Shakhtyor Saligorsk and FC Vitivsk. It's great to have the continental pronunciation. Yeah. <coughs> Good flair. <laughs> then you got me, NK Domzel. I'm oh, joking. MK Domzel <laughs> from Slovenia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Crusaders from Belfast, Northern Ireland. And Rovers have only met Crusaders once in competitive game of their history, 1968 Black Snake Cup, and the hoops lost over two legs. Their colours are red and black, so enough said there. <laughs> <laughs> FK Ventspils from Latvia. Yeah, and we they've only won two of their last seven. You want to name it? I take Ventspils, yeah. Yes, uh, FC from Iceland. Our old pals, we beat them 1 0 at home and 1 0 away in 2017 Europa League. Let's go then. Mm -hmm. EFK Norshopping from Sweden. You remember <laughs> that? I like that. I like that. You remember that? What were they like? Uh, I didn't play in the game when I was there, but yeah, they're a good team. They like to play the ball a lot, so it'd be tough if we do draw them. For sure. Obviously, good memories from Sweden. You scored the goal out there last year. Yeah, good memories. I cherish that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have two Norwegian clubs FK Haugesund. And SK Brandbergen. Oh, my best friend plays here. Me? Sorry. You next to me. CS Fola Esk from Luxembourg. FC Vaduz from Liechtenstein. They played in second year of Switzerland. And two more teams from Kazakhstan. I'm going to give one a go, Prof. Okay. It's Tobal Kustani and Orbasi Shimkent. <laughs> How did you do there, Nia? Into you, Leon. Uh, Liga Warsaw from. Where are we? Here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Um, Kratzowia Krakow from Poland. Uh, you got Nefci Baku and Sabel FK, both from Azerbaijan. Uh, Olympia Ljubljana from Slovenia. And you got Dynamo Tbilis. Spillacy <laughs> from Georgia. <laughs> Maccabi Haifa from Israel. Big and stronger. Big and stronger from Israel, yeah. Two Bulgarian clubs as well, Siska, Sofia and Levski. Sofia, 57 league titles between the two fierce rivals, but neither of them have won it in 10 years. And former Celtic forward Tony Watt plays for Siska now. And uh, now we leave down the three lowest ranked teams. Uh, FK uh, Trakai from Lithuania and 
Bidoknost, Podgorica from Montenegro and Nevadia Tallinn from Estonia. And track I only found it in 2005 and they never won a trophy, although they did knock St. Johnston out of the cup a couple of years ago. And they've won a, they have a 5k stadium in Vilnius, so that's someone else we'd probably like to take. Uh, Gorica have a 15k stadium in the capital of Montenegro, and Lavadia were beaten by Cork and Dundalk in the last two se- seasons. They played in El Cup Arena, where Rovers played Florida Talent in 2011. So that wraps it up for today. There are all our potential opponents. Lads, anyone in particular you'd like to, you'd like to draw there? Uh, for me, it doesn't really matter. I don't know any of these teams really. So, what about you, Leon? Anyone in particular you like to take? Be interesting and probably the easiest for us would be Mostar from Bosnia. Yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah, as I said, yeah. So that's it, lads. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Shades of uh, Tomer there, Gary. I think. Yeah, the pronunciation from very impressed with Leon's pronunciation. Hmm. We learned something new. His mother is Bosnian. Yeah, so that, I thought Oki was the was the Bosnian connection there. Well, Oki definitely has Bosnian uh, heritage because he's a Bosnian underage international. Mm. So Leon is well, uh, Danny and Leon anyway. Two good lads. Danny struggled. Uh, it's fair to say. Some yeah. of those, some of those teams. <laughs> Many of them big and stronger. Big and strong. Yeah. Some of them very big, but also very strong. <laughs> um, we uh, so young Jaden, my young lad. He broke his arm on the weekend, and um, Aaron McInniff sent him a get well soon message. So fair play to him. It was brightened up his day totally. That was really cool. I couldn't believe it. So big shout out to Aaron Mac for sending him a message. And um, yeah, so back to the football. We beat Cork two 0 in Tala. Brads are named an unchanged team from the win in Donegal. And yeah, just um, a, a belated stat here about the game in Donegal. That was Ronan Finn's fiftieth goal for Rovers. Oh, how did that yeah. go under the radar? Apologies for that one. So in the, in the Tata era, it's Gary Twig, 88, Gary McCabe, 59, Ronan Finn, 50. Ronan Finn on 50 goals, 59 for Gary McCabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this was our first home game in 26 days, but we didn't get an official crowd figure. Well, early on, like as people were settling in close to kickoff, it seemed like it might be a lower crowd, but it did fill out though, didn't it? I'm sure the Spice Girls didn't help. Everyone and their brother was was at Crow Park, <laughs> and a uh, tiny, tiny travelling support. Really disappointing from Cork, wasn't it? Yeah, about about seventy people, I'd say. Hmm. Really disappointing stuff. Probably most of them live in Dublin. Yeah, um, so yeah, uh, in Panda on the forum, he said something that we fully agree with. He said the summer months generally bring on a kind of lethargy in the middle of the season, but also personal soapbox he's getting on his personal soapbox I blame the 10 team league we've already played everyone at least twice and the season isn't even half over the constant repetition gets boring and the crowds start to fall rapidly this is exactly what happened the previous two times this was tried and it happened again every time I'm already sick of the format and yes I know the club supports it they're wrong though so mm-hmm. interesting stuff there couldn't agree more yeah um, this is why I, I just giving out about the fixture list before we, we started weren't we were we not giving out about this a year and a half ago <sighs> It's so frustrating. When the idea was first mooted. It's just... Uh, we'll move on anyway. So a moment's applause from both sets of supporters in memory of the late Liam Hennessy. Yeah, and, Hen- uh, Hennessy scored a penalty in a famous uh, FBI Cup final comeback win over Cork Athletic in 1956. And he scored a 40-yard screamer against Nice in the 1959 European Cup. Big fan of um, big fan of the, the moment's applause rather than a minute's silence. Hmm. 
I think it's a it's, it's a fitting tribute. So our mate Alan Murphy was home, the South Florida Rovers supporters club. <laughs> he was a uh, geez, how long had it been? Three and a half years, and he was in the eighteen ninety nine. He had a he yeah. had a ball. He had his wife with him, so showing him around the place, and uh, he was very impressed. Yeah, he's a Florida man, no? He's a Florida man. Florida man is responsible for a large percentage of abnormal incidents that occur in Florida. Think of him as a alt-right Johnny Appleseed. No one knows his true identity, date of birth, what he looks like. That's why headlines always say Florida man. And I'm sure we've told a couple of tales about him already on the show. Especially with the ones in Drogheda and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, as you say, I don't think he's been to a game since maybe 2014 or 15. So it was quite funny. During the game, I was trying to look at, at things through his eyes. So I was like, Adam Manis is back and go. We're standing in a new stand. The East stand is closed, the home fans. And we have Aaron Green now, and we like him. Yeah. <laughs> How weird was all this? Yeah. Bit of a mind fuck, wasn't it? Yeah, so our first half chances, um, few and far between, really. Well, Jack Byrne was putting in some excellent deliveries, but we, we didn't seem to get on the end of them. Set piece, set pieces are brilliant, aren't they? And it was. We did. We scored from his corner in the second half. But uh, probably the two chances were Pigo had a glancing header at uh, went off target, and Trev uh, missed it across that clipped the upright. He's claiming he meant it. Well, definitely didn't they saw it no 100% didn't mean that no um, but like we we totally dominated the first half but we weren't breaking them down but is this our typical game plan though we just sort of wear teams down and then we get our goals more so in the second yeah, half yeah I think uh, the hairdryer treatment at half time possibly and then we came out at a, we came out of blocks 1-0 Joey O'Brien 51 minutes gone and he left footed effort stroked home. Yeah. His bad foot. His bad foot stroked into the net, caressed in, and Joey put us in the lead. So his first goal in six years since his West Ham days. You claim the assist for a prof? I'm definitely claiming the assist. Someone saw someone describe his uh, celebration as childlike joy. <laughs> Big baby celebrating yeah. his goal. Yeah. So a couple of people after hearing the podcast did back him, and I'm kind of raging now that I, I didn't. Yeah, someone did anyway. Can't yeah. remember who it was. Figure has said he did. Something uh, got him with 25s. I heard someone said 42 to 1. 42? First goal score. Jesus. But, uh, yeah, did you also notice he copped the feel off Jack Byrne? Yeah. During the celebration. He gave him an old pat. I thought yeah. that was a bit odd, but sure, that was a bit whatever you're in the Joey. And he only scored against right after with a downward header. That was saved. Yeah, so McNulty stopped that one. He was, uh, he's got the bug now. He's getting, getting himself forward. And then on... Nine minutes later, we had Pico at the back post, burying a header from Jack Bourne. How many, how many assists has Jack got this season? Something we not even count, though. Yeah, I don't actually keep assist we records. Mean, I saw someone say Jack and Aaron are level 5 each. I don't know. Aaron's been getting his, his but, fair uh, share as well. Yeah. That sounds like it would make sense, because the two of them provide most of our goals, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, So Cork had in a goal a couple of times near the end as well. They threatened. But uh, clean sheets yeah. for the boys. Another clean sheet. That's three in a row. So definitely happy with that. Quirky start actually. Cork are the only team in the league that haven't scored in the last 15 minutes. At all? Yeah. Their latest goal was the 72nd minute. So last 15. Yeah. Only team. We're, and Pats um, are the only team that haven't scored in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> Profit the stats. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. Um, pretty much 
I mean, the handy three points, and um, we'll take that all day. So uh, we're going to play you and the prof, or we're going to play the prof and Joey post-match interview. Joey, yeah, your first goal for Shamrock Rovers. Talk us through. Yeah, listen, I, think, uh, I was getting forward a little bit there tonight, you know, and uh, obviously Trevor done great, I think, down the side, and uh, just took a chance, and luckily left peg, bottom corner. So, as I was saying to the boys there, my fifth year wedding anniversary today, so uh, it, was, uh, it was a nice moment for me, you know. Weren't you on some podcast recently where you said you're only dying to get a goal for Rovers? Yeah, I know. You owe me lucky charm. <laughs> and uh, now, listen, you want to score, you know, it's great, the best thing in football, you know, it's just... We're obviously defenders, me and Pico and stuff like that, but it's great when you can kind of chip in, and especially in a game like that when it's nil-nil, and you're able to get the goal if it's a defender or whatnot, and then it just settles the whole team, you know, and we're able to settle down into our game, play a bit of uh, football, create more chances, and then again, we put mass- massive emphasis on clean sheets and set players, and uh, it was, I think you said to me that we don't score many set players, did you the other <laughs> I reckon that was your first in six years, but uh, Pico, in fairness, you do nick a few a season, so talk us through your one. Uh, yeah, I just, we've really worked on it really in training. I think the day before games, uh, Glenn has kind of drilled into us because we've delivered the balls have been really good and we need to score more for the size of us. So we've been working at it and it's, it's good to see it paying off. I think we've gotten that timing right and we just feel more confident now going to attack the ball. Joey nearly scored again, he was getting greedy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just once you once you pop, you can't stop. So uh, hopefully uh, he can bag us a few more now throughout the season. But the most important thing for us as defenders, Joey said, it, is clean sheets. We've got plenty of talent in the team to go score goals and win us games. So uh, you're the lucky charm, prof. Yeah, officially crediting me for his first goal for Albers. I think it was fate. I think so. Yeah. yeah. We'll have all the players getting onto us now, Gar. Trying to come on the show. I Looking think for that so. Yeah. Podcast foot bump. In, yeah, he stepped foot in Johnny Blues. Gives you a little bit of luck. I've got 18 missed calls from Dean Dillon. <laughs> What's that, Bill? Oh, Dino. So, yeah, the other results from that night, we'd Waterford 1-0, beating UCD, uh, Dundalk beating Pats with a jammy, jammy goal. See that one? Ping-ponging um, everybody, everywhere. No, yeah. I didn't see that goal. Derby City 4, Finn Harps 0, but a Kieran Harkin hat-trick and Bowes lost at home to Sligo with a late Romeo Parks goal. And they had 18 additional minutes played at the end of the first half of the Bowes game because of an injury to Dinny Corcoran. He's, and out, he's out for several months. Dante, Possibly the whole season. Dante Leverock got a smack as well, didn't he? Hmm. I think he was knocked unconscious. And uh, Sligo scored that winning goal. You could just see the Bowes players on the ground just collapsing. Yeah. Not going to lie, it was enjoyable. <laughs> and uh, this is a great spot by Ray Whelan. He says, on the Bowes farm, they have a Bradley Sackwatch thread. Ooh. And there's no pulse in it. Since October 2018. Uh, obviously, they're going to rear their heads soon enough with the derby coming up, but uh, happy enough with that. And then we had the following Friday with Bowes beating Finn Harps 5 3 at home in an eight goal thriller. Dundalk 4 Slugger over is nil, but two more penalties, Prof. That's 11 12, nil. 12, is it 12 and 8, 20 games? Or 11 and 20? Oh, games? it is 12, yeah. 12 right. and 20 games, it's crazy. And St. Pat's won, Cork City won at injury time, Simon Madden equalised in the fifth minute. So, um, see Daniel O'Reilly's free kick in off the post at Daily Mount. Cracker. That was a cracker. That definitely would have constituted a cracker on Cappers Road. I think so, yeah. Back we, in the day. We, would have, that, we could have ended our game with that one. So, the Pat's car game, that's the one that was put live in RTE. Horrendous uh, stuff. I only saw a bit of it, it looked horrible. Snooze fest. Still not as bad as the Champions League final, in my opinion. Champions League final was brutal. Still not. Oh, it was really, awful. really bad. And a note on, you mentioned the dock penalties, but I mean, 
the other team is these late winners they're getting. So it was. We've had our fair share as well, but I mean, they just seem to be pulling it out of bags, don't they? Twice and home the balls. Uh, and that one against Passby Mountain. That one was such a jammy hole as well. And that's the second week in a row now where Rowers fans were singing, We are top of the league in the 88th and 89th minute of the Dundalk game. And then Dundalk scored. So we weren't top of the league. Why, why do it? <laughs> no, we're, no, we're singing that we are top. And then we're tempting fate and then Dundalk scored. Yeah, I think it. So can we please stop? <laughs> So we had uh, supposed to be playing Waterford, but the game was postponed. And apparently, both managers wanted to play, but the the, the powers that be the postponed it. So it's in the laws. Apparently, the FBI can postpone it if it's deemed in the best interest of the league. So who decided? Like, uh, obviously, must be. I'm not sure who it was, but why postpone it if the two managers want to play? Makes no sense. How was that for the betterment of the league? I don't know. It's a good good article today by uh, Neil O'Riordan. Uh, basically saying you know our, our league needs to be shown respect and calling off six fixtures for an underage tournament is not showing the league any respect yeah totally agree I mean, Bradshaw was very critical of the FAI saying I think it's a joke that we're not playing he said by all accounts Waterford wanted the game on speaking to Alan Reynolds and they wanted the game to go ahead for the gate and now it's going to be on a Monday thrown in somewhere it's not a problem for us, but we just want to play games. It's madness. My point is, you should have been looked at this year. Toulon's a great tournament. Should we go to it? Yeah, but can we have? But we can't have six games called off because of it. It should have been English-based players. The fact is, we're in the middle of the season. These games are going to be thrown in now. We've got Europe or the FAI Cup. It looks like we'll probably play Waterford in Waterford on a Monday. I don't know who makes these decisions. When it's a proper international week, why not play like we did last time? Because the players deserve to be in the squads. This isn't a proper international week. The players have to go. I don't think it's good enough. The problem is, where does the Waterford game go now? If you look at the schedule, there's not a lot of room for it. With Europe and the FAI Cup coming up, and the League Cup still there, where does the game get put in? It could be late August before we play. It's very frustrating, and I totally agree with Brad's there. Mm-hmm. It's crazy what's going on with the fixture list at the moment, and we're only looking at the away games that we have. Like we, there's I think next three games, we've Derry at home on a Saturday, we've Bowles away, and then we have Dundalk at home, but there's... a uh, the fiction of this is, is a joke, mm. realistically. We're in the middle of a run of six games in Dublin. And if the Europa League first leg was in Tallaght as well, that'd be seven. Just an ideal for people who want to run a, po- a podcast bus and have the crack on the away days. Yeah. When all these games are in Dublin, I think our next trip would be Cork away in late July. Possibly called off as well. If we go through in Europe, that yeah. would be called off as well. So... Yeah. So it's yeah, it's 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 madness. It really is. So um yeah, Trevor Clark, he was voted a player of the month for May, so starting to play a little bit better now, Trev. I think we were spreading the love on that one. If you look at the nominees for player of the month for May, I think people would have levitated towards you know, Joey and Lee or, or Pico again. Yeah, yeah. So it's fair enough. So, Brazzer, he was happy with Trev in the second half against Cork. He said, I think we're seeing glimpses of his best form in, his, in, in the second half. He's making three or four runs where he goes by a couple of them and they're still and they're standing still. That's the Trevor of old. We're seeing that more and more and that's the Trev we do want to see, isn't it? The one? Do you agree with that then? Second half against Cork? Um, I think the last two or three games he has been showing glimpses. Yeah, glimpses, yeah. I think he could be... Like, he, he needs to be more consistent, in my opinion. And... Mm. Uh, the Trev sometimes like he 
he'll just turn back when he's when he's one on one with a player. He'll just turn backwards and lay it off to a midfielder, and that's not the Trevor Clark that we know. We know the Trevor Clark that's bombing boy players and and whipping balls in and creating chances. So that's the Trevor we want. So good, it's good to see glimpses of a back. And uh, UCD players that we've been linked with. It's Gales, Frugia and Gary O'Neill. Reportedly Gary O'Neill, we have signed them. Mm. Uh, Frugia, according to RTE, initially we were chasing them. There's Johnny Ward writing up this article. Then and then Paul, the headline was changed to... Paul went in an hour, wasn't it? Rovers and Balls chasing them. I think Johnny's just making up as he goes along here. Yeah. And uh, what's the story with the headline... I read on Twitter where it's like, was this about McMinnon? And he was like, according to Fabio O'Brien. Yeah, what was that about? That is so random. It's strange, isn't you it? Might as well just say like, according to Tommy Cannon. Yeah. We're signing the McMinnon. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? And um, yeah, so the players that we are linked with, uh, something should probably materialise in the next couple of days. Mm. Will we bring back on Declan Hughes to get his thoughts on these potential new signings? Yeah, very popular last time. I think we. Yeah, we should. We should go a bit longer. Yeah, maybe twenty minutes. So we Brighton and Stoke are reportedly interested in James Forlong. So he's uh, blazing a trail in the underage setup at Roadstone. Uh, should be getting more games, I'd say, with us soon enough. There's a piece in the Dublin Gazette paper saying that Luke and I are hoping to draw us in the FAI Cup. Did they want us to? Yeah. The draws in July. They just won the league, so they've gone up. Um, well, we play them in the prestigious Manuel Tool Cup in pre-season every year, but they want us in a competitive game now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I hate the way the cup is run now. It doesn't start until August, and then you play every second week. It doesn't feel like a proper cup competition. Well, we play for one week, but I mean, everyone else, you know. They're really fucking up the fixture list, aren't they? Uh, we Jack Bourne on LOA Weekly, and he was also on Irish Football Fan TV as well, so uh, Jack has been doing the rounds in the media. I like that line about, um, he was asked about Paul Doolan. He said, uh, how would he manage you? And Jack goes, well, not well. He tried before. <laughs> not well. At least he's honest. Um, former Hoop Ender Stevens is back in the Premier League with Sheffield United and he's back in Copenhagen with Ireland this Friday. So he's recalling the Rovers game there in 2011 Champions League and Thomas Delaney played that night as well he said uh, we should have got a result there we played well in the game it's a great stadium and a great pitch we had a tough start we played our way into the game and Ryan Thompson pulled off some unbelievable saves so bringing back memories of Copenhagen mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so great to see Andy Stevens back in the Premier League I think he made his debut against Man United for Villa I think that was his Tony Valencia that was possibly. his first home start anyway I think he made, made a sub appearance before then um, yeah so on to Dino C-Block Williams he was voted as Athlone's player of the month for May and he also got player the, first division player of the month um, did he no, yeah he picked up something else anyway that was just the Athlone possibly got two but he's having a great season and he he's, scored again he's done six league goals Athlone's top scorer only one behind the mighty Kieran Kulduff for Shelburne he's having a, a crack at season and our underage results um, the weekend before last the Rovers under 17 speed Carl Kilkenny 1-0 at Dermidus Dirdemus Park, uh, St. Clair Armstrong with the goal, the 15s beat Cabantini 2 0 with a Leddy Brace, and the 13s beat Cabantini 4 2. On the weekend just gone, the 15s drew 1 all with Waterford at Roadstone. John Ryan had given the young hoops a lead, and uh, the 13s drew 4 4 away to Waterford, so cracking Still game. Like Around the 12s won the 2019 Gwynedd Cup in France at the weekend, a fantastic performance by the team, one now 4 1 winners versus Angers. 
SEO in the final. They also uh, they beat a couple of big teams in the, in the lead up to it as well. So, congrats to that. That's Key Fatty, Nolio, Brian, Tony O'Dowd. Still not looking at the camera, by the way. Still looking <laughs> away in the photos. So, well, fair play to the lads. And uh, yeah, so next up we have a legend, Rovers legend, and it is Tommy Cannon. Yeah, we're here with Tommy Cannon. And first question for you: How did you get into following Rovers? Uh, and do you remember what your first game was? Uh, uh, my father rather messed me with my father it was 1975 I was born in 67 uh, went to the mill town I was originally from uh, Windy Abbott and he'd rather mess my father uh, and brought me down to Milltown town to watch the Super Hoops Rovers and I can't remember the first match but uh, I was I was just after that I was just growing on it you know Do you have a favourite player uh, before Tala and after Tala? Uh, one of my favourite players, Noel Leggett. We used to love Noel Leggett. And there was good players over the years as well. We had big Pat Bourne, we had Johnny Cody, JC and all. The players I played in Jim McLaughlin's, Jim McLaughlin's uh, area. But I always had a little soft heart with Noel Leggett because Noel, Noel uh, uh, Jim McLaughlin brought him back. Noel's going to retire and Jim, Jim McLaughlin brought him back. Just give him another year or two and he was a great player as far as we're concerned. Uh, if you had to choose Noel Larkin or Twiggy, who would you pick? Uh, well, I looked both of them, uh, but uh, a different era, different era, different era. Uh, Noel, Noel was a great player, and Twiggy was a great player as well. But uh, uh, I think Noel Larkin to me is that because the way things are going at the time, Noel's getting a bit old and all that, so he came back and done the business for us. Twiggy was a great player too, a legend too, a great legend, Rowers. Do you have a favourite and a least favourite ground to travel to? Uh, I'd never in Turner's Cross. I'd never in, sorry, uh, t- uh, t- uh, Turner's Town. That was remember the ground, Turner's Town. I was never in Turner's Town where they played. It was in every ground. Uh, I don't like uh, Dundalk. At the moment, I don't like Dundalk. You can't see the match. You're looking behind the stand there. We were there a few weeks ago and you look around the stand to see a match the goal scorer I didn't, I didn't even know the goal, goal was scored they scored the goal but I didn't know who scored it it's pretty poor for the team that the team that is uh, probably top of the league like, top of the league it's a bad facilities do you like our new sales stand in Tala? I love it yeah, yeah. it is right for the supporters for the family as well and the kids you know I mean, do you want to go over there to the toilet I love the old stand in myself now at the moment you know good facilities and the bars here and you walk, walk in whatever the car park across the road it's very good do you have a favourite ever European trip that you went on yeah uh, that was in uh, Windsor Park not my favourite but one of the worst Windsor Park uh, we played uh, lived here in the 14 people went up that was the time that they wouldn't let us up we sit 14 were sitting in the stand in Windsor Park uh, with uh, Neil Lall up there Neil Lall in Windsor and then we played in Milltown in the second leg. Uh, David Jeffrey, who was a manager for Linfield, he scored the goal. Uh, uh, come back to me, I think uh, Pierre Records scored the equaliser. They went through on the way he got. David Jeffrey, who managed Linfield after that, and Pierre Records scored, and we were knocked out on the way he got that time. Yeah. Do you have a favourite memory of Milltown? Uh, my favourite memory? Uh, I wouldn't say a fair memory. Uh, the worst man he was leaving Milltown. 
Uh, we won so many legs and cups over the years, but uh, leave Milltown with Louis Kilcoyne. Uh, I was on the pitch in 1987 and it brought me hurt because I was I was 20 years of age. I was on the pitch with the lads protesting about it and that was one of the worst days I ever had in my life. Because around the area, like the area we lived in Windy Arbor, uh, just had, that's all we had. That's all we had, but a lot of people had it, but we just had, that's all we had. We were saying, we just, every Sunday we looked at the match, half two kickoffs. At that time, there was no uh, floodlights. Every match was half two, no floodlights. In the midweek matches. Good days, great days. You won, uh, we won a lot of leagues, but uh, won a few cups. But uh, I want to win the cup again. I don't want to win the league. We won so many leagues, but I want to win the cup. FA Cup is the one I want now. I'm, I'm 51 years of age. That's the, uh, the only thing I want to like. I want to win the FA Cup. As for this season, if you had to pick a player of the year, who would you say? This year. Last year was Lee Grace. You won it, but uh, this year I'd, uh, I'd go for a. Uh, trying his best. Uh, I'd go for a player that tries his best. Uh, Lee Grace. Or uh, uh, Aaron Green. Aaron Green? Yeah, because he tries. I like a player that tries. I know he's not one of the best, one of the best, the same players. I just think that he he, he tries his best. He, he gives hundred percent. I think I like a player. I like a player that that tries his best, gives commitment, tries his best. I could be wrong what I'm saying, but I, that's why you take it as a footballer. Do you think it'll be enough for us to win the league, given that he doesn't score a half full of goals a season? Well, we, we need we need a, a centre forward. I'm not saying we need a centre forward, but I think we need something else. That I think we need someone that. I think we have too many midfielders together. I think we have uh, back enough, and we have uh, Watts, and we have uh, Jack Bourne. Too many midfielders. Very like very like players. Creative. We want to do more creative player. And I think. I watched the match there the other night. I was down in UCD last week. The man outside left at UCD looks very exciting to me. For Nuka, for Nuka. For Uja? Yeah, he looks very. He went past one of the. That's why last week uh, they took uh, 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 took thing off a right foot. Joey, what do you call it? Uh, Joey O'Brien. Joey O'Brien brought your man, the colour lad, the half cast, because uh, I thought Bradley, Stephen Bradley thought, I thought that he was causing trouble, so he changed around, contained him, you know. Things are going well on and off the pitch, but is there anything that you would like to improve uh, off the pitch, like uh, match the experience or any interaction between the, the club and the fans? No, I love the fans, but just, I just wanted to communicate and. and Called the team out and supported the team. But this is what we needed. We were going to the league title and support the team and uh, keep calling for the shouting for them and you know keep get, lit them because the players need that. The players need. Uh, we're going for the league title. Only, we're not waiting. Goal difference. Goal difference. We need to keep putting the pressure on and please God every work up. And please, Carver, everything will go.
told a couple of people that I was about to interview so they uh, sent me a few questions uh, one was I want to know about your career as a postman well, I was 19 years in the post following Shamrock Rowers and my life I went through a bad spell myself a long time I went under pressure myself and all problems myself now with the problems like but I, I, I was always Shamrock Rowers on my life I always over hours on my heart on my heart like my parents and our hours I mean I always love Shamrock Rowers and always in my life I always think about Rowers I it's all my heart all my family and all my sisters today couldn't make the game my, 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 my other sister down in, in uh, Varsanasi love Rowers all my family are Shamrock Rowers that's it what about the song that uh, fans often sing to you? There's only one Tommy Cannon. Yeah, that's certain. That's a good thing to me. It could be a bad thing or a good thing. I don't know. That's that's my dedication to Shamrock Rovers. So that's since time you all night. That's time you all day. I like that song. I guess it's like I don't care. My heart's in Shamrock Rovers. I'm all right. Yeah, so Tommy, uh, following the hoops, long, long time now. A terrorist mm-hmm. legend. You could say, and uh, good to have him on the show. Finally, I suppose we haven't had him on before. I thought we'd have to twist his arm to come on the show, but actually, when we mentioned it to him, he, it, wasn't he? he kept coming back to us, and he was like, "Right, we do, we do, yeah, we do it now." Yeah, yeah, we do he was it. bothering you at one stage, yeah. wasn't he? So, um, yeah, that was Tommy Cannon, and fair play to him for coming on. So next up, we have starting elevens and predictions. <laughs> so, Prof, let you go first, actually. Dare you home? Well, the, the only thing is uh, Aaron McIniff, I suppose. I think two weeks ago, I presume he's still out. Two weeks say. ago, Brazier said that Cabo was a couple of weeks away, so I'm guessing he's not quite ready yet. So it's just going to come down to McIniff. So if he's back, then him in for Watts. That's my only change from Cork. I'm gonna but, yeah okay go on. Keep but against Cork, we were we weren't spectacular. It was probably, probably solid, if not. Yeah, job, got the job done, didn't he? But uh, that was a pretty good performance. Uh, Cork, again, looked really poor. So I don't know how much you can read into it, but I think we played pretty well the last three games. Yeah, I'd, I'd say my team isn't going to change either. I'm going to keep I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep the same team. Don't change a winning team. We'll keep, we'll keep on going. And the pr- prediction, I'll predict Derry. I'm going to say 4-1. Four one to Rovers, yeah. I'm gonna say two one. And that is it for the predictions. So um Milestone by the way for uh Adam Manis in this one. This will be his one hundred league game for Rovers. His one hundred league game? Yeah. So congrats to Big Al hitting the ton. Um so yeah, that is it for this week. Um well done to everyone who took part in the bank holiday three K run, the winner was Thomas Morgan on the fourteens. So uh, it's also a young player, isn't it? Who wins yeah, these yeah. <laughs> so yeah, don't forget you can win a trip for two people to see Rovers away game in Europe as well. It's just ten euro, so go to the raffle for a chance to travel with a squad on the club charter. Uh, Aussie Nate went on one before, didn't he? Yeah, that's when uh, Deco won it, but he couldn't travel. So Garrett and uh, and Nate went instead. And it's the first time we met them over there in Milan, yeah. just outside the stadium. So. Don't forget to get your tickets and. Uh, it's all, yeah, it's great to, to fly with the players, uh, beyond the charter. It's cool, like you're just you're watching them play. 
It's, good, remember, it's good experience, isn't it? I remember seeing Gary Shaw score in Iceland. Well, you didn't see it, Gary, I did. <laughs> and then we came back in the plane. Me and the whack and the jacks. <laughs> and there he is, just sitting there in the, in the seat, and you, you like you high five him like a steady. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is. It's class. So get your tickets. And uh, yeah, so that is it for this week. Thanks for listening. You can get us on Twitter at Eastand Pod, Instagram Tales from the Eastand. Uh, rate, subscribe, and do we, might, we might reach a thousand followers, not by. Not by the summer. We're climbing. But I said by the end of the year, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. I think it's like 9.24 now yeah, or something. Yeah, we're climbing. We seem yeah. to have a new one every day. So, yeah, yeah don't forget to follow us on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. See you in the south stand. And keep on hoping. See ya.